0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, where every week, me and Miss Boo take turns picking films to watch and talk about. Some are good, some are bad, but they are always fun at the Film Club. So Boo, how are you?
1: I'm good. And I'm really good because we're still celebrating Undead September. Yes, we are. And it's one of my favorite all-time movies that we're going to be talking about today, The True Masterpiece by Edgar Wright, Mm -hmm. Shaun of the Dead.
0: Yes, we get to talk about Shaun of the Dead. This is my second time talking about it. Uh, I did it for the Double Feature podcast uh, not too long ago, but that one, uh, we had a really troubled recording for that one. I don't know what it is with Shaun of the Dead. There's always some technical difficulties.
1: There is, but hopefully we get it right this time.
0: We do. But yeah, Shaun of the Dead, 2004, Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, Ned Frost introduced that whole crew to the, the, rest, world. the rest of the world, yeah. Um,
1: and we're forever grateful, because they are an amazing trio of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost alone are an amazing duo. Yeah. And you get the three of them together, and it's just movie magic.
0: Every time, yeah. This is the first of the Cornetto trilogy. We already did Hot Fuzz on the on the podcast, yes. uh, which I cannot say any higher praise for that film. Uh, Hot Fuzz is my favorite of the trilogy. And I know Shaun of the Dead is your favorite.
1: It is my favorite of the trilogy.
0: Ah, uh, but yeah, where, uh, where do you want to get started on this one?
1: Well, let's start with the characters. All right. So we have Shaun, who is hmm. our main character, and hmm. he works for kind of like...
0: Well, they don't have these anymore, but it's basically a radio shack.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's refrigerators there too, so it's just kind of like like an electrical store of goods that you can buy. And he's just kind of really stuck in his life where he's... Uh-huh roommates with uh nick frost who plays ed and we have their other roommate pete so it's just the two buddies and pete that's kind of the adult in the the relationship and Mm -hmm. sean's just kind of skipping on by not really progressing in life
0: yeah i mean there's also liz and her whole group and the movie starts with liz and sean basically breaking up in the pub yeah in the pub so The thing I noticed about this film is that this is basically a breakup movie and then zombies show up.
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, a breakup isn't bad enough, so let's just throw some zombies in there.
0: Yeah. But it it is interesting because it's like the zombies, they force Sean to, you know... Grow up. Grow up, yeah. It's just a really interesting metaphor they use in the movie. I really like it. But, you know, I want to know your thoughts. Because I know you're a fan of zombie flicks.
1: Oh, zombies are like my all-time irrational fear.
0: Yeah. Some people are afraid of spiders, some people are of heights. You're afraid of being attacked by zombies.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we could talk about your irrational fear.
0: No, I have no irrational fears. All of mine are sound and just.
1: They're not, but yes, I do enjoy myself a zombie film. And for me, this is like the all-time of the zombie movies, because it's funny, it's a little creepy... It has a lot of heart to it. Mm-hmm. There's a really good storyline to it. It's not just the one character that we follow. We have a cast of characters, and they're all intertwined. And sadly, it's just Sean and Liz who make it to the very end.
0: This is just a really interesting movie because it combines so many different like genres and stuff. Yeah. Because uh, how how would you describe this movie? Is it is it a horror movie? Is it a straight comedy? Is it like a kind of like a black comedy is a more like a, like a row, like a romantic comedy thing. No, people described it as a romantic comedy with zombies. I think it's on the poster.
1: Probably. I mean, for me, it would be a horror comedy because we don't really get too much of the romance.
0: Well, that's the whole point with Liz and Sean.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, when we meet them, it's not in happy times. It's Liz is frustrated with the situation that they're in, you know, they're mm-hmm. not progressing. It's just, they're very much in a rut and you know, maybe the next day they break up and the day after that is the zombie apocalypse, so...
0: Mm. Yeah, no, I really like all the characters in this. I mean, let's just talk about, like, the the dynamic duo of Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Yes. Because for a while there, they were, like, the modern day, like, Laurel and Hardy. Oh, definitely. People would go to movies just to see the two of them in it. Yeah. I remember there was that um, Paul movie, the one with the alien. Yeah. That people thought was another of these... Edgar Wright films, you know, like Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and then they're like, oh, Paul, that's another one of those and has yeah. these two guys in it. And a lot of people wanted to go see that and were disappointed because it's yeah. not an Edgar Wright movie.
1: No. so I, I think it needs to be the three of them together. I mean... Them as actors, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, are amazing.
0: They've done really well outside of, like, these, like, comedy stuff.
1: Yeah, they have. But I think, you know, just to kind of have that magic formula, it needs the three of them Mm -hmm. to break the trilogy into a saga. And it could happen someday.
0: I mean, I, maybe, I think, like, you know, Simon, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost might be too, too old to play the characters they were playing in the original and like the cornetto trilogy yeah because i don't really know how old um uh sean is supposed to be in this like 30 Maybe. maybe right oh no
1: no he's 29 oh because when he's at work and the the guy's like you know okay granddad and he's like i'm not granddad he goes i'm 29 for christ's sakes and it's just like so sean's at the break the brink of 30 yeah and it should be which
0: like that's usually the sign once you hit 30 that's the like make or break where you you have to become an adult now you're not in your 20s anymore no party anymore no
1: hanging out at the winchester every opportunity that you get hey i
0: like the winchester though it's fun i i really enjoy both of them in this movie and it is a great display of like their chemistry as like you know a comedic duo, because they do remind me of those, like, classic vaudeville comedy mm-hmm. duos, you know, um, Laurel and Hardy. They even kind of remind me of Bing Crosby and Bob Hope.
1: The Marx Brothers. The Marx Brothers, yeah. Because there's a lot of physical comedy to their movies.
0: Yeah. You know, have you ever taken a shortcut before? Docks over the fucking fence. It's good. It's all yeah. funny. But yeah, i a big fan of, of those actors, the characters they play. Wonderful.
1: Yeah, and it also helped that they were roommates prior to this movie so mm-hmm. you know it's not an act for this movie they just you know took back from when they lived together and just really made it feel organic
0: then they did a tv show with edgar wright for i don't know like was it two a, years three years something
1: like that was it like two seasons
0: maybe it was called spaced it was you know an in english television show yeah uh, we never got it in America, to my knowledge, until well after, like, Shaun of the Dead became big. Yeah. And people were like, oh, this is great, and they, you know, exported it over, finally.
1: And Spaced is the reason why we got Shaun of the Dead in the first place.
0: Yeah, yeah, I heard it was based off um, one of their episodes, right?
1: Yeah, they, they did, um, it was like a Resident Evil episode where he um, he takes, I think, Speed and he has, like, this weird dream where he's killing zombies in his house, and him and Edward Wright were like, you know what, this was a really fun episode, I think we could parlay this into a movie.
0: I mean, oh god, I can't tell you how many how many episodes of, like, The Twilight Zone have been, like, co-opted and changed and turned into movies, mm-hmm. but that, that happens a lot, I mean... Yeah. How many people watch like old Twilight Zone episodes, old episodes of you know what have you, Gilligan's Island, Star Trek, um, Gunsmoke, pick something, yeah. and they go like, man, this is a really good episode, and then they're like, you know, I'm gonna steal the beats from this, maybe flesh out some characters, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna like make kind of a cheap movie with that. Yeah. Like I think every episode of the Twilight Zone at this point has been made into like can be connected to a movie. Man. And, I mean,
1: Shaun of the Dead is a great movie. I mean, there's so many layers to it that it doesn't feel like, oh, they, they took this from, like, an episode that inspired them. It's like, no, this is, like, a full-fledged story.
0: Yeah, it's also really well written. Um, I wanted to talk about that, like, the script for this. Because it has this interesting, like, cyclical nature mm-hmm. to, like, you know, the script and the plotting and the dialogue. Because it's like, oh, they started at the Winchester, they ended at the Winchester. Yeah. Um they have this dialogue beat with Sean's ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. that is repeated in a new context at the end of the film. It's like, oh, how are you doing? Uh, you know, surviving. Yeah. You know, oh, how's Liz? Uh, you know, yeah. sh- she's doing okay now. Yeah. You know, things like that. And then you also have the thing where it's, oh, you know, Sean, and Sean has the shotgun, and he's you know, trying to fend the pub, and it's, the whole dialogue is called back to... From when Ed is playing the video game and Sean's like, Mm -hmm. top left, you know, six o'clock. Yeah. And I'm like, I really like that because it's a really tight, interesting way the story is structured and the dialogue is structured where we start in this one world, you know, the normal world, everything changes. And now with new context, the same words mean something different. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, that is just like, that's like Sean. He's the same guy before, but now the context is different and he's a new man.
1: He is it's a new really man. Neat. I also really liked how uh, Edgar Wright did the parallels during the the opening montage, the credits,
0: mm. oh, the... where
1: where we see uh, the future zombies at work and just their everyday lives and how they're already acting like zombies.
0: Yeah, that's that's one of those uh, George Romero social commentary moments where oh, all these people in their mundane lives, man, they're just a bunch of zombies, man.
1: And then soon enough, they would be yes and a lot of those extras that did play zombies were fans of spaced
0: yeah I mean space was actually like a really okay I'm not gonna say big but it was like a, a good cult show like yeah. people it's kind of like how I'm trying to think of like a, what a cult TV show is like people would know about now something that I was like oh only ran for like oh like Firefly. that's a really yeah. good example oh, yeah you know it ran for like six eight episodes something like that. And people and are
1: still fighting to get it back on the people screen. are
0: still fighting to get Firefly Black. They got a movie mm-hmm. because fans loved that shit so much. It was a huge, huge cult following. And Space kind kinda of had that same vein, a lot smaller and quieter, yeah. but they had that same thing going on and that explains why, you know, he was able to pay these people like almost nothing to be in this movie. Yeah. That's you know, I I mentioned George A. Romero earlier mm-hmm. and this movie is You know, it's Shaun of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Dead. which I...
1: Night of the Living Dead. Night of the
0: Living Dead. And um, I think around this time is when the remake came out.
1: Yeah, the remake for Dawn of the Dead came out the same year as Shaun of the Dead. Mm. And studios, you know, especially in the UK, because it came out of the UK before it ever came here. Mm. I don't even know if we even got... a an actual, like, screening here. Or oh, like a just,
0: theatrical run? Yeah,
1: I think we just got it straight to DVD here, because that's actually the first way that I saw this movie.
0: Oh, that's the same for me. I still have the DVD I, I got. Yeah. And I want to I say I got it probably in 04, when Whenever it showed up yeah. in America is probably when I got it, because, you know, I'm just big into horror movies. Same. But also, it's called Shaun of the Dead, and I feel that probably made people think it was a really it was one of those parody movies. Like yeah. it was one of the movie movies. Where it's like, oh, this is just like another like scary movie. Oh, it's it's not it's gotta be kinda cringy. And it's like it's way better than that.
1: Oh yeah. It's oh. it's an excellent movie and mm-hmm. it was such an issue that in the UK they were like, you know what, you need to wait and show Shaun of the Dead. You know, at least months after this because I think Regular Dawn of the Dead came out in March of 2004, so they pushed Dawn of the Dead all the way back to September. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's a big, big jump, because this is after the big, you know, summer movies. Mm -hmm. I'm not too sure about the UK, if they kind of have, like, the... They
0: have the same releasing schedule as we do. You know, summer's big blockbuster stuff, yeah. But I I wanted to bring up that Dawn of the Dead thing, because, you know, that's a remake of George Mm -hmm. Romero's masterpiece. Yes. And... Then you know, Dawn of the Dead shows up. This movie comes up. People like if you were like in the know, and you're like, oh, that's not a parody film. It's a great film. I'm like, mm-hmm. it it looks like a parody film on the cover, yeah, right. And it looks like a rip of like Dawn of the Dead, mm-hmm. but th- this movie also it takes inspiration from George Romero yeah. films, right? Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, I mean, Day of the yeah. Dead.
1: Edgar Wright even you know made sure that George A. Romero had a screening, a private screening of this. Oh really? In Florida, in his hometown, to make sure you know, hey, we love your work, we are paying homage to your work, so here you go. You could see us, and in the scene, you're not in the scene in the movie. They have a scene where Ed tells a uh, Sean's mom, "We're, We're coming, coming to get, get you, Barbara. Barbara," and which
0: is like the most famous line from *Night of Living Dead*.
1: Exactly. And George A. Romero was just so engrossed in the movie. It went right over his head. He was talking on the phone with Edgar Wright. And Edgar Wright was like, you know, hey, did you like that little Easter egg we gave you? And he's like, what are you talking about? And he had to tell him, you know, we're coming to get you, Barbara. He's like, oh, no, I didn't even, you know, put two and two together. He was just so happy with what he was seeing.
0: And that that is one of those great things. Because I, I'm of the opinion that Night of the Living Dead is, like, one of the most important films in American cinema. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's fantastic. There's not an independent film made after that doesn't take inspiration from Mm -hmm. it. Period. End of sentence. Also, that's a really, like, good way to do just, you know, those homage things. You know, I'm coming to get you, Barbara. Because that's a really natural thing to so like say it's like hey don't worry we're coming to get you
1: yeah that's a really good
0: little easter egg cameo yeah
1: and it also kind of ties into our high anxiety episode mm-hmm. where mel brooks worked with alfred hitchcock and you know, the whole movie was just based off of his work yeah and alfred hitchcock was like that was great you know oh i wish i could have achieved something like this in my filming career and it was just like wow these greats that have been around for so long they appre- s-
0: they still appreciate guys when they're just like Oh, you're you're doing what I was doing, and you ran with it. I dig it.
1: Yeah, and the fact that they're so, you know, genuine about it too—they're mm-hmm. not kind of like, "Oh, really?" You know, you're you're kind of impersonating what I do. They're like, "Wow, you're doing this." You know, can you imagine if you did it this way?
0: Well, George Romero, because everything I've seen about George Romero was he was like, a a dude. Yeah. yeah. Because people are like, "Oh man, he he was an artist. He was this like." You know, oh, he's, you know, a rebel. He's doing all this social commentary. He's He's like, fuck the man. He's this icon. But every interview he's just like, oh, no, I was saying that because I was like, you know, I'm a child of the the fucking, you know, 60s, man. Peace and love. But, you know, sometimes you just really like to see people's heads blown up. And I'm like, this guy, George Romero, he's a bro. But, yeah, so I I wanted to bring up George Romero back on the thing I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Because... The movie obviously is taking homage from it, right? Yes. I was, you know, wondering how much of it, because we get, you know, how much of it is like homage and how much of it is just tropes from yeah. zombie fiction. Because George Romero wrote the book on modern on modern, zombies? On modern yes. zombies, and it's like we have the siege at the Winchester, which is in every kind of like Romero film. There's always we a siege the shotgun. at the end. We the have... shotgun, yeah. Yes. Um,
1: the Winchester itself.
0: Yeah, the win- the literal the, Winchester. The literal, yes. Yeah, I, I was just curious. Did just is there anything that jumps out at you? Was like, okay, that's a that's a straight Romero riff. Uh,
1: the child. There's also a zombie child.
0: Is there? Where where in the in Sean is there a zombie kid?
1: The kid with the soccer ball.
0: Oh fuck yeah!
1: It's not like that's one know, of those
0: blinking you miss it ones that I always like just ignore.
1: Yeah, and then it's even kind of like prophesized. You know, when the kid hits Sean in the head with the soccer ball the day before the zombie apocalypse starts. And he goes, hey, he goes, you're dead. And then the next morning, he's a zombie still kicking a soccer ball. Yeah. But it's like we have the child in (laughs) Night of the Living Dead and we have a child in *Shaun of the Dead.
0: We also have the kid in the kids in Dawn of the Dead. Oh,
1: God. Those just traumatized me. Because
0: they were the only fast zombies in Romero films.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, oh my god. In, like, the Snyder Dawn of the Dead.
0: Oh, yeah. That,
1: that one. Those children just scared the crap out of me. Uh, I mean...
0: I was talking about the OG one, because mm-hmm. in Romero zombie films, the only time you ever see a fast zombie is in the original Dawn of the Dead. Um, Peter Fore goes in to, like, I don't know, this, like, truck stop or whatever, yeah. and these kids run out and they, like, jump at him. because I completely
1: they're, forgot about Because
0: that. they're, like, i don't know five and eight year old like little kids and they put them in zombie making so, okay you're gonna come out you're oh, gonna yeah. go after him and they're like yay and they ran on you know, fucking fucking attacking yeah. your foray. and um so those are the only fast zombies but yeah. it also goes into that might be another little nod is the kid still playing with his soccer ball because mm-hmm. kid zombies just are just better zombies than adult zombies
1: i guess ball is life
0: ball ball is life ball is life yes but to continue on with our lives, the rest of this movie. Yes. So where do you want to where do you want to go up after this?
1: Well, I think we also have to give like a special nod to Sean's parents. Oh yeah. Because Bill Nye, love him.
0: Oh God, he's yeah.
1: amazing. He's a great actor. He's, you, you has never, he
0: been in every
1: Edgar Wright film,
0: or is he just in all the Cornetto trilogy?
1: You know, I'm not sure if he's in at World's End.
0: No, I think he is. I think he's like the, the, the main bad guy at the end of the film that comes in and it's like, oh, the, that's, that's I'm right. here to reveal the yeah. plot to you.
1: And that's what I love about him. You don't know who you're getting mm-hmm. in the movie because he's either comic, he's either the bad guy, or he's the straight man. Yeah, he has
0: a real versatility as an actor.
1: And we get him as the straight man in this movie where he's married to Sean's mom Mm -hmm. and he is the stepfather who came in when Sean was, I think he says 12 or 14, (laughs) somewhere in there. Yeah. And it's just, it's been a really tough relationship because Sean very much knows his own father and it's just, you're the new kayak coming in trying to, you know, change my life, flip my life upside down and Mm -hmm. we don't see it until... Sean's stepdad dies where it's, you know, hey, I've really loved you all these years and I've cared about you. You know, I'm sorry I was so strict on you. I just wanted you to feel like you had an authority figure in your life. You know,
0: I wanted you to have a dad.
1: Yeah. And it was just, you know, very emotional to see Sean in return where he's in tears and he's upset that he's dying. And it's just, you know, you can see that regret of him. You know, I should have been a little bit more understanding, a little bit more caring to my stepdad all these years. Mm -hmm. And... It's just a good performance because even when uh, Sean's dad turns into a zombie, still turns down the radio in the car.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a funny little bit there.
1: And it's so simple too. It's just you know a good pan over to him and just radio cuts off. There's
0: nothing of there's nothing of Phil left in that car. Radio turns on. I was like, oh there's a little something left in there. So
1: th- but we gotta go.
0: Uh, that that's the thing. Like in these movies, there's so many little like. Blinking, you miss it comedy beats like all over this film and it's it's wonderful flipping the switch when uh the two um survival parties meet and they're just mere opposites of each other yeah it's like super funny
1: and he's like you know this is my friend yvonne you know that's her boyfriend and they just they They,
0: they're basically dressed exactly like the other
1: exactly the same they look kind of like each other but not really and it's just they all you know do their greetings that they're they're walking by each other hi hello uh it's it's great. It's, it's just it's those little things that they came up with that were kind of like, you know, I probably couldn't have thought of that myself, but it's so simple.
0: It's so simple, and it's, and it just works. That's yeah. probably why this movie's like hit so well outside of like England.
1: Yeah, it's it goes up there with um, when uh, Sean gets dumped by Liz, mm-hmm. and he finally goes home with Ed after they get drunk at the pub and they're having their own little disco party mm. up in the attic and Pete is just like I'm not it's having It's 4 this... in the
0: fucking morning.
1: It's Saturday. No, it's not because it's fucking Sunday and I have fucking work in the fucking morning. And it's just like you can empathize with Pete cuz it's like I get it. You have to go to work super early in the morning, you're
0: But it's electro prick.
1: You got to enjoy yourself some good electro.
0: I guess. Yeah, it it is funny because it's like all the characters in here, they do exactly what they need to, and Pete is like the funny asshole at yeah. the beginning of the movie, and it's, it's, a good, it's a good time.
1: We only see him laugh once. I think so. No, that's it. When they're talking about how they got high, and they were, you know,
0: playing oh, games, yeah. and they
1: start laughing, and then Sean's like, when was that? He was like, that was five years ago. When is like, he going home? Yes. He's been <laughs> crashing
0: on our couch for five years, Sean.
1: And I mean, in the midst of this dance party, and... Pete being, you know, pissed off at the two of them, he tells mm-hmm. Sean, you know, sort your life out. And before you know, Sean collapses for the night. He writes it down on the the little dry erase board and wakes up to do up, a
0: list. Sort your life out.
1: Sort your life out. And the next morning, a zombie apocalypse.
0: Yeah, I mean, hey, it signaling what this movie's going to be about: sorting Sean's life out.
1: But it's just like, man, that is just like a hard reset. It's like, you know what? I'm going to sort my life out starting tomorrow. And you mm-hmm. wake up and it's like, oh, it's all out chaos outside. Well, Look,
0: Looks at you in the year of 2020.
1: <sighs>
0: Every wanna, day was that.
1: I, I don't want to talk about the dark times.
0: <sighs> well, okay. So we're in agreement here. This is a fantastic movie. Absolutely. Huge praise.
1: Yes. Is there
0: anything in here you're like, mm, okay, that doesn't work, rubs you the wrong way. You could have changed that cuz there is one moment in this movie that i'm like for you for me there's one moment there's like one dialogue thing that i'm like i don't like that there's just, there's just one what was it i don't know i want i want you do you got anything any anything out there that you're like doesn't work
1: i mean there's a couple of words that they use that i'm like yeah you guys probably could have not needed those
0: when ed shows up he's like what's up yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, that, like, that that's a very mean,
0: weird, that's a really weird thing, but I mean, like, but, okay, it's...
1: But Ed's also a weird guy, so... Yeah, as,
0: Ed, Ed's also kind of kind of weird, and I'm like, yeah, okay. I
1: mean, he also drops, you know, the C word when we meet him. Yeah. You know, it's Sean and Liz having this, you know, deep conversation about they're stuck in a rut, and he's just, can I get any of you blanks a drink? And it's just, like, so random... But at the same time, this is Ed. He's and also, a-
0: let's be honest, we've met people like Ed before. Yes, Come we on. have. We went to school with people like yeah, Ed.
1: Yeah, we have.
0: Uh, and that's probably goes to it. Just like that's like a character thing. It's like okay, that goes to like Ed's weird immaturity mm-hmm. kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, I can see that because it is just because there are a few things where I'm like, Ed, you you're a little too much in certain like line reads. Yeah. So that might have that's that's a, that's an interesting critique. I get you.
1: Yeah, but well, what what about uh your critique.
0: When Barbara is giving Liz um, the necklace Mm -hmm. and she's like this is from uh, Sean's father his real father and and I'm like real father but like Sean just like accepted Phil as like his his, like real dad. Like he is his father. He is his dad. And (laughs) I'm like and then Barbara is just like he wasn't his his father. He wasn't his real father. And I'm like that word choice is like hmm I don't know it just rubbed me the wrong way because I'm like man Sean had this whole emotional thing where it's just like you know this father figure who's been in my life he's been tough on me but he's he cared about me that is like the man who like raised him
1: who was there every day
0: there every day and then granted his his um birth father he died when he was like 11 or 12 yeah. so that no fault of his home not being there no, for the rest of the time it's not but, like he
1: walked out on the family yeah,
0: but it is one of those things where I'm like that line read just rubbed me the wrong way
1: it could even a thing where it was just written that way so when you hear it it's just like oh okay we're talking it's about, more
0: out of, it's more pointed
1: yeah instead of saying his birth father mm. i think it's just you know like like his blood father his blood you know yeah instead, versus his it's, real father yeah. i mean
0: it could it is a thing for simplicity's sake Yeah. but you know
1: i, I get what you mean it, it, it's one of those
0: things where i'm like man they just done feel dirty right there my boy Bill Nye, and
1: then you know, unfortunately, Barbara doesn't last too long after that.
0: Yeah, she's she's zombified like the next the next cut,
1: and that's another tough moment in the movie when Sean has to kill his own mother.
0: And then and that's like a real emotional beat in what up until this has been a pretty light like zombie romp through yeah, England.
1: Yeah, because we have you know the breakup, and it's only sad for a minute or two because Ed's there to be the comic relief and to help Sean kind of pull through mm-hmm. his depression. And then we have Phil dying and then Barbara. So I mean,
0: it- Barbara dying really kicks off like the, the worst moment. Oh yeah. Or like where everyone starts getting picked off right after that. Cause Phil's the only person who died up until that point, Yeah, but he was in, you know, a scene and then he died. Yeah. Barbara, we have followed her throughout the movie. We've followed all these characters throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Barbara dying, you really feel it, like, really feel it. And you feel it through, like, Sean, and
1: who Simon Peg is working his ass off in that he scene. He is, and it's, you know, it puts you in his position of, okay, you're stuck in this circumstance, and your mother's become infected. What do you do? Do you allow her to become a zombie and just kind of roam off into the world, or do you put her down so that, you know, she doesn't have to deal with this? mm and you don't have to deal with seeing someone else killing your mother. It's very dark. Yeah. And then you know the part of the group that's with them, the the guy that's in love with Liz. I can't think of his David. Name. David, there you go. You know he's really provoking her, provoking Sean because she just dies, and you have you know at least a couple of minutes. You did the him. right
0: thing, Sean. Yeah. And then they're like, "Get fucked, David." Yeah.
1: And then David tries to shoot Sean, and that just starts more bullshit. It's, just, it's over after that. It's like, you know, we get it throughout, you know, the entire movie up until David's death that he is very much in love with Liz. I don't know if Diane
0: he's... is just like his on the surface girlfriend so he can be close to Liz.
1: Diane is Liz's best friend and um, flatmate. And it's just like, you're with her kind of as a placeholder until Liz breaks up with Sean and you could kind of just swoop in. And it's this thing of they've known each other since college and it's just like she didn't like you in college. She d- still You never like- made
0: your move, dude. And you,
1: missed, like-
0: you missed the boat.
1: And it's like I think even if he made his move it was never going to happen.
0: Probably not. Uh, but again, lighthearted comedy, guys. Yes. Super fun comedy.
1: Yeah. Uh. And that prick <laughs> he gets pulled apart. It is so gruesome. I have to Look away whenever they kill David off in the movie.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, and also that's a homage. I just mm-hmm. noticed that's a homage to Day of the Dead, where they, like, rip up um, uh, the captain's, like, body. In yeah. That one. <sighs> but, yeah, like, honestly, I really dig this movie. Really good.
1: Really fun movie. I thought uh, a great title that they didn't use, they wanted to use Tea Time of the Dead. Too British. Too British. Too British.
0: Wouldn't have sold anywhere but England.
1: But... Shaun of the Dead works. It's an amazing thing. Um, I also love how, you know, throughout the movie, Shaun is called Pickle from his mom. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, a whole thing with Edgar Wright. That's what his mom calls him.
0: I wonder if Edgar Wright went through, like, a bad breakup and this was, like, his therapy for that.
1: Possibly, yeah. Because this seems
0: like one of those movies that there's probably a lot more of, like, the artist in here than we really think.
1: Yeah, because I was watching an interview with Simon Pegg, and he was talking about, you know, at the time when him and um, Nick Frost were roommates, Edgar Wright was, like, their girlfriend that wanted them to just get out of the house and out of the pub and go do things, and they were just kind of like, oh, I want to stay home, and I don't want to, you know, really do anything, but Simon Pegg was talking about a girlfriend at the time, and I thought, Mm -hmm. oh, maybe this is where they're tying in the Liz storyline, maybe she got sick of it and left, and he goes no, eventually I went off to marry that (laughs) girlfriend and she's the mother of my children, so it's kind of like... Sometimes
0: being a lazy schmuck works out, guys.
1: I guess so. (sighs) So it might be a thing where maybe Edgar Wright did go through a breakup and was kind of like, this is how I'm going to cope. I'm going to write this movie and by the end of the movie I'm going to be a changed man. Yeah. And I think this really just blew up Edgar Wright's career. Oh, yeah.
0: Before this he was a TV director. Yeah. Oh.
1: And now, I mean, he does some amazing yeah. movies.
0: Yeah, now he's one of the most, like, like big-name directors you can get. He's an A-list director now. Yeah. This, Baby Driver, like, all those stuff. All these movies, like, he's come out with have been, like, fantastic. Yeah. But, boo, that might lead us around to our final thoughts on Shaun of the Dead. And I want to know, re- yeah, the final thoughts, you know, really, really surprise me here. What do you think of the movie?
1: I think it's an excellent movie. Excellent movie. Excellent movie. Um, apart from a couple of words that I might change, mm. I wouldn't change anything else.
0: You're you're just like, if if Ed dialed back in a few scenes, it might make the movie better. But that ain't that ain't gonna happen. That's
1: not him, right? This is who Ed is. And I think before we you know completely end our episode, mm. what is your favorite scene in the movie?
0: My favorite scene in the whole movie
1: scene maybe a line something that makes you laugh every time even though
0: oh oh have you ever taken a shortcut before i know i'm basic as shit but like i still laugh my ass off every time he does that and And it's in every one of the movies and i it gets me every time it is great well what about you what's your favorite scene
1: oh it's gotta be the part where they're um Killing the bartender at the Winchester to "To to Don't
0: Stop Me Now now. by
1: Queen. And it's just, why is Queen on? It's on random. And they're just fighting to Don't Stop Me Now. And it just works so well. All the the movements is uh, choreographed really well. And it's just so funny.
0: That Edgar Wright is the king of visual comedy now.
1: Yeah. I, I have one trivia fact that I think you're going to like.
0: Oh, okay. You get, you get one. I you get, get one, one. And then we here. get to let the people go.
1: All right. Because this is about a certain episode that we just recently did mm-hmm. for, what was our theme last month?
0: I don't remember. I, don't, I just record, watch the movies, edit the episodes. Wow. You know, wow. do a lot of the scheduling. I don't. I don't know what's going on.
1: Well, last month. We did a an episode on An American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. And Mary who is our zombie in the backyard that Sean and Ed De- uh, Sean and Ed, you know, first really have to deal with, you know, hand-to-hand uh-huh. combat. She works for a supermarket called Landis, and that was an homage to John Landis. Oh sure. Who you know who directed An American Werewolf in London?
0: Oh, that's a that's cool. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, so huh. we don't only have you know an Easter egg to George A. Romero. We have John Landis also, who is also a big influence on Edgar Wright. I wonder
0: how many random like sla- horror movie um, horror movie like you know Easter eggs are in this. There's probably a billion of them. Well, we'd we just have haven't to seen. we'd have
1: to watch it again and just solely focus go, on that. like
0: go scene by scene on all mm-hmm. the details.
1: Yeah, but also. I guess in over there in the UK there's like a popular uh, chain of convenience stores called Landis. And oh. probably seeing it they're like, you know what, let's switch it up. Well we have Landis who created That's probably
0: that's a that's also like just an easy change. Like mm-hmm. we can use all their stuff, we just change something so we don't get sued.
1: Yeah, you change it so you don't get sued, but also you're paying homage to another great director. And, and that is my trivia fact.
0: All right. You got your one in and it was a good one. I try. But Everyone, that is going to bring us to an end here for this episode with Shaun of the Dead. And next week, to finish off our Undead September...
1: Next week is the last week of Undead September.
0: And uh, we're going to talk about a film that I was very excited for. Never seen before. But it stars the California Klaus Kinski. Possibly the greatest living actor, Nicolas Cage. In a very early role in Vampire's Kiss...
1: Dean is so hyped.
0: You have no idea. I fucking love Nicolas Cage movies. They're great. That Every and, last one of them. And
1: this is one of the few films that we're actually going in blind. We haven't yeah. seen this.
0: I haven't seen it at all. Um I do know a little bit about it from, you know, the the research, the mild research we did for fucking programming this. Yeah. Um but I do believe there's no undead people in this quote unquote, but the undead thing is Nick's Cage's career cuz he refuses to die. He can be in as many bad movies as he wants. He just keeps on keeping on. But there you go.
1: And if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Film Club Podcast. If you want to listen to us on a different platform than you currently are, you can find us on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And I think we have one more place that you could find us.
0: Yeah, you can find us on our YouTube channel, In The Frame, where you can find this podcast, The Film Club Podcast, uh, the other podcasts we do, the Double Feature, and the Film Odyssey podcast, uh, which are really fun. We talk about a lot of movies on there. Come and check it out.
1: And with that, we'll see you next week at the Film Club.
0: Peace.